Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast, except when we're not. Yeah, sometimes we watch new movies too, but we, we keep it nostalgic. Yeah, we try our best here. And this is basically a film that would, you know, come out on VHS back in the day. It's not like we're, you know, Jurassic Park. It's the right. whole world. It's the whole franchise here. Right, right. It's part of something that has uh, a legacy in VHS, so it counts. It counts. <laughs> yeah, I think that's our that's our link. Yes. It, it, it has to have a legacy in VHS. Yes. So, we watched Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom, and I got it right. <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. First time you saw a dinosaur? Ain't blue. We don't really believe it. It's like a miracle. Something's coming. It's a T-Rex. It's the T-Rex. It's not a T-Rex. Blue, come with me. You know you can't stay here. Jurassic World. The island. You're all right. Easy, girl. All of that is in the past. Am I dead? Not yet, kid. I want to show you the future. What is that thing? They made it. out of here yeah <laughs> yeah uh bad title <laughs> it's a bad title for this movie yeah considering act one is the only act that has the island in it yeah the kingdom falling yeah i don't know what i call this movie like i don't I think just like calling it Jurassic World 2 would have been smarter than just adding on a unnecessary subtitle. Jurassic World DNA splicing? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we'll get into that. But this is directed by someone you, at least one of his movies you like. You like The Orphanage yeah. a lot. Yes, so this is J.A. Bayona. Um, he's a Spanish director. Uh, his first movie was The Orphanage, which Guillermo del Toro produced. Guillermo del Toro got a thank you in the credits of this movie. I did I not that, see that. Yeah, he did The Orphanage, which this movie, uh, and we get into it, and we get into kind of like the third act of the movie, shares a lot of blood with The Orphanage, this Jurassic, I feel like. It also shares a lot of connections with The Lost World. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I really like The Orphanage a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really great ghost story movie. And uh, his second movie, The Impossible, which was the tsunami movie, the true story one, was also like surprisingly excellent as well. I think he's got an eye for visuals, that's for yes. sure. After, I've, I've seen The Orphanage. Mm -hmm. I, I liked it. And after seeing this, I'm like, you know, he's got some dynamic shots in here. There, He's got some visions in his head that are really nice, poster-like, a lot of his shots yes. are. Well, he definitely comes from the school of Del Toro, I feel. No doubt. He has that. He, it's his own thing. He's not like, I'm not saying that as in like he's ripping off Del Toro, but he, he has his own thing, but it is that sort of like fantasy canvas. Well, he's almost. a branch from that tree. Right. 
And, and you, you could tell. Yeah. And you could tell. Uh, I, I, I haven't seen his third movie, though, Monster Calls. Yeah, I hear great things. That trailer looks cool. I do want to see that movie. And never, yeah, yeah. I missed it. I just missed that one when that came out in theaters, and uh, it looks great. I, I it the does. visuals that I've seen of the movie from the trailers and the TV spots and things like that make it look like it totally fits within his wheelhouse and everything like that. So I'm probably will love it. Going farther along into this movie, we had a lot of our big players. We had Steven Spielberg, but I don't believe he was on set as much on this one as the past four. It feels like the least Spielbergian, but the most sort of tribute to Spielberg, if that makes sense. Like, it doesn't have... Yeah, go further It feels like he's not on set, you know? It doesn't feel like... Jurassic uh, Jurassic Park 3, not being directed by him, feels like an Amblin movie, but it's definitely a Joe Johnson movie. Yeah. This one feels like... It doesn't feel as much like an Amblin movie, but I feel like Bayona is doing Spielberg a little bit. Like, I feel like. He's doing his twist on Spielberg. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah, this movie definitely feels the most disconnected from the entire Jurassic Park World series on tone alone. Yeah, and with that, I mean, I'll just jump right in. Uh, I think it's the best sequel. Ooh, I think this is the worst. So we're going to disagree. I think this is the worst Jurassic Park, Jurassic World movie. Really? Uh, Yeah, I thought this this was a huge disappointment. See, I really, really, really don't like Lost World. I really don't like that movie, and uh, I still got to keep that at the bottom. I think this one was the best sequel. Not the uh, best, not, it's it's well, nowhere see, near the fucking tier of the original. No, <laughs> no, I mean, the the original one is so far behind in the rearview mirror now, it's not even worth talking about. It's just not even close <laughs> when it comes to, like, like, that one was so subtle in its, you know, like, how the characters were brought in. They were all professionals. None of them were, like, superheroes like Chris Pratt is in this film, which I think this might be also one of Chris Pratt's least interesting roles I've seen him in. Chris Pratt was kind of just sort of there. You could have replaced him with any good-looking uh, Adventure Man movie guy. I mean, it's just, like, I didn't feel like he was even really thought about when they're writing this i i mean i feel that way about jurassic world the first one i don't blame you i i I think that that's how he is in that one um i don't think jurassic world's a great film i i gave it like a c i i like jurassic world for the nostalgia factor that's why this one doesn't have the nostalgia but the the jurassic world has the nostalgia so i i i like that one but yeah chris pratt's character is so underwritten in both movies i'll agree with Mm -hmm. you on this one but i'm also going to say that in the first one that like having chris pratt cast in that role is the only thing that brings any life to that role because if you just cast some no name in that part there's so little written there it's so thin you almost need his little like little sparks of charisma (laughs) Yeah, I might walk it back a little bit because if we would put Eastwood in this film, it would be awful. Right. Like, there's no, there's nothing written there. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying there. Yeah. I'll walk it back a little bit. But yeah, still, he's just not very interesting in it because it's, we've seen it. I mean, he's pretty much Star Lord. Yes. So he's just actually, yeah. Star Wars actually better because he's got at least James Gunn to, yeah, he's got a great writer with that. Yeah. So. We'll go into the basics of this, because if you've seen the last trailer, it basically gives away the movie. Act one, they are on an island to go save the dinosaurs. Act two, they are leaving the island to go to a mansion. And act three, nightmare fuel. 
In the mansion. Yeah. In the mansion. I, haunted house movie. Yeah, it's, it's a haunted house movie with a dinosaur. So I mean, past this, we're gonna let you know. Stop here if you don't want any spoilers, even though the final trailer gives them most of them away anyway. But there are a few little ones that are interesting to talk about. So here's your warning. Beep, beep, beep. Are you back? All right, you probably watched the film. <laughs> or you're like, I'm never fucking seeing this. <laughs> Let's see what they have to say. So getting into this, when we have uh, Howard and Pratt coming together, because I don't really care what their characters' names were. Honestly, I'm, j- I'm just being honest. Like, they were just them. Yeah. I Well, I felt like... So, uh, this is how I feel about Chris Pratt for uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character. I feel like this could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. Because it has real no real connection to her character in the first movie. They were just like, well, we got Bryce back. Yeah. And we wrote this other character. We'll just cast Bryce in it and say that it was her character from the other movie. But there's no connection. Like, now she's working at, like, uh, a dinosaur, like, uh, what is it, pre- preservation-type society. Whereas before she was, like, the, like, pr- person who ran Jurassic World. Like, there's no connection there. Like, I'm not, and I'm not buying the fact that, like, she turned her, like, you know, she's like, oh... That, that all went wrong, so now I want to preserve dinosaurs. I feel like she'd be like, we need to kill all these dinosaurs. So when her assistant, her right-hand woman, dies horrifically by the giant, I don't know, sea monster dinosaur, you, you would think she'd, like, this is horrible. These dinosaurs, we can't control them. Right. Let, let's let them die. No, she, they're like, turn her into an animal rights right, activist. Right, doesn't make sense at all for this character. So then we're also introduced to the nerdy computer kid. Who is the most fucking annoying character in this entire franchise. Oh, thank God we agree on this. And, like, I, this is a franchise filled with annoying characters, but usually kids. Um, and this kid is the most annoying character in the entire franchise. I thought Billy, Eric, or whatever the kid's name from 3 was the worst, but you know, this one's surplanted. This is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> and he's almost completely useless. He has right. one mission, open the door and turn on the power. At, you Why couldn't you get any computer hacker in here? Yeah, it's not like he's this master hacker. It's like, it's the one that they're sitting closest to. Yeah. <laughs> this company hires all these super trained animal trackers slash trappers to come into this island to stop extinction of these dinosaurs. And they're relying on this, like, derpy 22-year-old right out of college. What is this about? Yeah. Disney, I mean, not Disney, Universal... I, I'm so used to hearing you <laughs> complain about the Marvel movies I just said Disney. <laughs> um, yeah, what Universal, Amblin, what are we doing here? What is this? Well, I think they, I feel like they cast that kid because he's like the funny sidekick in Paper Towns. I don't know if you saw that movie. Well, I tell you what, one person in my theater thought they were funny. The person directly behind me, which was like was a, a 20-year-old mom who was, like, babysitting her kid while watching this. The kid's, like, four years old, five. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so they thought that this kid was funny. Oh, this woman was, young lady, was cracking up, dying every time he said something. Only one in the theater, in a packed theater. Yeah, it was. it's like they cast him off Paper Towns because he's pretty funny and he's pretty good in that movie. And they're like, well, we don't have anything written, so you just, you know, yell a bunch. 
you know, be silly. And oh, then, but oh, they didn't have anything there. And like, oh, it just constantly be afraid yeah just annoying so we do have next to him probably the best most useful character which is the dino veterinarian yeah interesting uh, character a little bit much a little bit heavy-handed with everything they're trying to do with her well superwoman right. kind of but and at like, least she was a useful character at least yeah in them trying to make her be like this uber superwoman character uh, like I said, a little heavy-handed. They they managed to accidentally write the best character and like the most well-rounded character in the movie. And accidentally. Did, <laughs> and did you notice she was called a nasty woman? Yeah. And as much as my as much as my ideals fall in line with what they're doing, I still rolled my eyes at yes, the movie because yeah. it's not it's not well done. It's not you know. No, this is parts of reasons why I think this is the worst dressing. <laughs> like, there's so many eye-rolling moments. Uh, so we'll get into kind of like the part of the ridiculous ones. Because we get introduced to the super dinosaur tracker trappers. Basically led by twirling mustache man. I, I love this actor. I yeah, Ted name. Levine yeah. from uh, Buffalo Bill. Yes, from Buffalo Bill. Uh, Great voice. Oh. Love that guy. Yeah. I, you know what? I but, like this character. But like he comes character. in, like, almost twirling his mustache. He might as well have dinosaur skin boots on. He is a comedic bad guy. But this, yes. is, this is something I feel like is very Spielbergian to have a just ruthlessly bad bad guy. You know, like, there's no, like, like, the, like you say mustache twirling, like, just like, I'm bad, I love being bad, and I'm just going to continue to be bad. Like, that's so Spielberg, and I, that's what I, I kind of like. I, I get it, but it's so difficult to pull that off. Spielberg is a special man, or a special director. So this director didn't couldn't pull it off. Like, I, I'm not... He was more of a visually striking director in this film. I've, I don't know if he didn't have a lot of power in a lot of this, or maybe this is what he wants, but I the tone on this movie was all over the place it is uh i think that's one of the things i actually liked about it though i like the tonal schizophrenia i like being all over the place with the tone and i like that about this movie. you can get away with it because personalities are quite different in the real world i just feel like with this it wasn't quite it didn't gel there there was something about that first act which is kind of what we're talking about now with them going to the park to save all the dinosaurs and the, the volcano erupts or whatever. Um, you know, they get some of the dinosaurs out and there's a double cross and everything like that. Um, there's something about, though, this first egg that f- even though I don't need it to be any longer or anything like that, it still feels so rushed that I was like, did I miss something? Like, mm-hmm. at, at like a certain point when like the whole, when the volcano just started going off and everybody's just running for their lives, I'm like, Wait a second! Like, <laughs> like we went from we gotta we gotta get a couple of these animals and take them back with us to like it's over. Everybody run! We're all gonna die! Well, like instantly. There's no build up to how you should feel about these dinosaurs. Really, there's no build up to this you know comical bad guy to where he's gonna get to the point. Like I feel like Spielberg is really good at showing you those like especially Nazis and in Indiana Jones, and you're like, cool. That's a bad guy. Yeah. But the tension keeps building with them. So you're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen at the very end? This comical bad guy, they didn't build up the tension at the very end. It's just like, oh yeah, I forgot. He's in this. Oh, he's dead. Yeah. 
I can see what you're saying. But Wait, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, Spielberg does something that not many can do. He can take a comic book or, like, newspaper clipping type story and turn it into magic. Yeah. He's just special. I feel like a lot of these directors need to... I think... What was his name? Boyea? Uh, Bayona. Bayona. Yeah. I, I think Bayona. Bayona needs to do his own thing, which I'm he did in the orphanage. And I feel like this was like, well, you've got to make an Amblin movie. Yeah, like I said, it was kind of like him doing Spielberg for a while. He yeah, shined. you did say that at the very beginning, so I just re-gurgitated <laughs> well, what you just no, said. No, you didn't know what I was talking about before. Now we've come back and now oh, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we are on the same page. Um, but... Uh, I think he shined in the last act because then he's doing the orphanage with a dinosaur, basically. So Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, there's parts in the third act that I liked. The second act is them like, oh, I can't believe it. You were sabotaged by these trackers. This has only happened like two, three other times. The Jurassic World, we were sabotaged by the, I don't know, government type people trying mm-hmm. to grab the raptors for training. And in the Lost World, we were sabotaged by trackers. And in the third one, we were sabotaged by the derpy kirpies and the fake mercenaries. Yeah. Um, they're really lost on these stories. <laughs> it's always a double cross. It's always a double cross or whatever in these movies for some reason. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like it's gotten to the point where these writers just don't have any new ideas. And they are basically taking the dinosaurs over to this mansion where they're going to auction them off uh, to the highest bidder when the animal reservationist character, played by Bryce Howard, is told that they're going to put them in a sanctuary. So that's basically the double cross we're talking about here. It goes from them wanting to put them safely somewhere to like, oh, no, they're going to sell them on the black market. Well, yeah, when we get to the second act, we really get to know... um... Oh, the what's his name? Hammond? Hammond. So we get to meet John Hammond's partner that he talks about in the first Jurassic Park where they split ways before the movie started mm. so we didn't actually get to see it. And we find out the reason was is because he kind of wanted to use the technology for a different reason. Uh, they had moral differences on what to right. do. And I think they had different ideas on the whole park and everything. But he was... He was there at the beginning when they first started to construct dinosaurs. So I think that's an interesting character. I also think the way they did it, it kind of makes this whole series really convoluted and kind of just congested of like, where are we going? Yeah, uh, basically, since we're in spoiler territory now, he's using it for cloning. He clones his daughter to make his granddaughter, which... I feel like is a very divisive thing. I really like because it's weird. It's fucking weird, and I like yeah. that of this movie. Like that was a that was a choice, <laughs> and I like that. I like that choice. I do like how we're getting into a moral ground because the first one was about a moral decision. Do we have the right to play God? I think a lot of people forget that about the first one because and it was it's so it's coming back. around. And so when I said there's parts about the third act I like, I did like that. I think that's very interesting that we've come back to the moral. It's no longer Jurassic Park 3 where it's goofy like, we got to get this kid out of the island. And then Jurassic World was kind of like, nostalgia. Right. This one's like, we're coming back. But 
I just don't think it worked as a whole. But it, that was interesting. The I, auction... I think, I think it's going to be used, too. I think this cloning is coming back in this third well, one. I think this entire movie was written just for the third movie. Um, I think we're going to get the cloning. And, again, we're in spoiler territory. So, you know, we are now in a Jurassic world. The dinosaurs are out. Which, from fucking teaser trailer and poster one, we all called. Everybody knew that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. I... Uh, which is good. I like that we're headed in that direction. My fear is that we're going to start part three now with all the dinosaurs back in captivity and somebody lets them out again at the end of that. And it's like, I'm hoping three starts with them loose and us all dying, like a la Planet of the Apes, you know? Okay, so the second act, uh, we find out that the other kind of mustache twirling bad guy, which is more of the suit bad guy. I don't know this actor's name, but I do like him. I think he's a very good actor. We just talked about him in Ritual. In Ritual, yeah. yeah. So he's in here losing his accent, and uh, I thought he did a good job with his American accent. I couldn't tell. Hell, now I'm wondering, like, is he American doing a Scottish accent? The other one? No, he's no, he's pure Scottish. I think he's British. British. He's in, he's in Shaun of the Dead. He's in like one of the opening. He's the "You Got Red on You" kid from Shaun of the Dead. Holy shit! You just blew my mind. Yeah. Oh man. So he's uh, British. <laughs> so he's trying to hide an entire giant auction in the basement of this mansion, which I thought was ridiculous. Yes, which is I love. But because it's ridiculous, but it's, I love it. It's so ridiculous. Like he never even had a plan to like ship the old man off for like a vacation. Nope, there's just dinosaurs in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Giant trucks, all these lights, all these dinosaurs roaring. Yeah. He's like, what do you think this old man's just gonna be like, ugh? Someone left the TV on. Huh? What? Huh? <laughs> Who's outside? So that Let was pretty in. ridiculous. Not not to mention they have the Indoraptor downstairs in the basement. Yeah, so once again, they've not learned from any of the previous uh, four movies and have made another super dinosaur, which eventually gets out. Which this is the most bad guy dinosaur they've ever made. Because yeah. blue is clearly, with the blue stripes, the good guy. And this fucking Endoraptor has a yellow stripe and claws like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, and spikes just sticking out of its body everywhere. It's this, wonderful. It's bad, but it's wonderful. As a monster designer, you're like, cool. How are we going to use this? Oh, oh, he's going to be the one that fights blue. Like, oh, fuck, are we doing this? Because this, <laughs> this is what we got? Because dinosaurs aren't supposed to be the bad guys, good guys, and they're just like, you know what, we hear ya, but fuck the purity of the first, and maybe even the second. We're doing a Michael Bay monster film, in a way. It's it's definitely Jurassic Park for the new generation, whether we like it or not. They're going to the most basic good versus evil they can think about. Right. While also mixing it with a really complicated moral tale of should we clone... And should we create? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a deadly mixture of just stupidity and intelligence. What I'm hoping carries over into the third movie, stick with me here. So they're cloning, and the dinosaurs are all out. And they're going to need to defeat the dinosaurs somehow. Because they're out in the regular world, and they're killing all the humans. The humans use, like, they just clone DNAs. Because they've been worked on or whatever. And they use the dinosaur DNA. And they make dino people to find the dinosaurs in the third movie. If that happens, you just wait. It sounds stupid now, but if it happens, it's going to blow your mind. No, because everyone would be like, 
Jurassic World has fallen off the cliff. It is now the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I would be right there being like, actually, now I think it's wonderful because it's so stupid. <laughs> right. I'm thinking dino people in the next movie. I'm or, or Sam Neill comes out in a giant, world, you know, just wild bear hunting beard. And he's just like, and dinos, eh? I'm bringing that back from our last podcast. <laughs> I pretty much like everything in this movie once we were in the mansion. Uh, the auction's fun. The Indoraptor, which is admittedly stupid, is fun to watch just tear apart the house. Mm-hmm. And they basically do the orphanage with the little girl who's running through the house. And, you know, we get the gothic shadows over. And then we get that great scene that they spoiled in all the posters with uh, the dinosaur coming in their bed. And that mm-hmm. would be a great scene. And then, yeah, the epic final battle with the Indoraptor on the glass ceiling and everything. Very orphanage, which I, I really liked it. They were definitely using the gothic horror influence that mm-hmm. uh, Bayona's background is from. Well, yeah, his visuals well, are stunning. Yeah. Wonderfully. Like, this this whole section shines. And this is why I think I like this movie it, so It much. visually shines. Yes. Uh, some of the storytelling probably isn't his fault. It's, you know... A movie made by committee. It's, yeah. It's just what it's going to be. That's probably the biggest problem. Is, is the committee's not up to par? And it's just... Let's make a decision that's going to make us a ton of money worldwide, which it's probably already... I think it's already made like $700 million worldwide. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hit. It's going to work. Oh, we're going to see a third. We have no choice. Yeah, and like... I don't know. I mean, just overall, with everything... Yeah, it's stupid, and yeah, it's got its problems. And yeah, honestly, it's forgettable. It's a forgettable movie. But I had fun. And like, well, I, liked, the, I liked some of the ridiculous aspects, and I like the horror aspects when they throw in there. So... The second act was so boring. I I was checking my watch. See, I wasn't bored. I thought oh, it moved man. for a two-hour movie. I thought it moved pretty well. I was more just like whiplash because each act was almost a different was, movie. Oh, it so, is. It like, is. I was more just whiplash than anything. Like when we're on the ship and learning about it, and we've got to transfer the blood from the T-Rex over to, right, the, the to Raptor, Blue yeah. and all this stuff, and I'm like... Wow, we're an hour and fifteen minutes through this. We got a while. We got over an hour left, and I was, I was like, ugh, ooh, this is. The third act picks up. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna nitpick so much on like, hey, Chris Pratt's out running a volcano explosion. Uh, wouldn't he be suffocated from the toxic gas? Or when he's by the lava and it doesn't burn his skin. All that. Does the old man not hear it? I get it. It's a popcorn film. Maybe I shouldn't nitpick so much. But I will nitpick about the prices of the dinosaurs. So low. What They're the fuck? dinosaurs. <laughs> so that's the like greatest big, great big nitpick that I have to bring up. Because dinosaur bones are worth million dollars as bones. These are fucking dinosaurs. Why are these not going for like $8 billion? They're yeah. going for like one million. And how about two million? I, and I don't mind the stereotypical people buying, but the like evil Russian man, I was like, why, you know what? Fuck it. Just get a guy who looks like Putin. <laughs> I wish they did. Yeah. That would be more at least confrontational. I would have liked that more. Yeah. I, I mean, because it was just whatever with it. Um, I, I did like the guy, the actor they chose to host. Oh, Maybe. Toby Jones. Uh, great. Toby Jones, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's great. Toby like with his fake giant teeth yeah, he was wearing. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. Well, he was the only entertainment like when they were 
the guy from the ritual when they were sitting there toby jones and him are talking he's like four million dollars where i come from that's a slow tuesday and his response he's like what about eight million or he says something like that and i'm like seriously eight million what why don't you say like a hundred million yeah right like why weren't i don't know yeah these prices were ridiculous yeah and yeah when they bring out the indoraptor which is the greatest hunter on land ever created. And they're like, 20 million, 22, 24. And I'm just thinking, 1 billion. Yeah. 100 million. <laughs> why, why, why are, are we... we at such low number? Why are we lowballing these fucking dinosaurs? They're fucking dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they're, they're dinosaurs. <laughs> I know we're used to dinosaurs in this like universe, but this is it. There's only, like, 30-something dinosaurs left that we know about. Like, aren't dinosaurs 65 million years old? Is that it? Is something like that, yeah. So they weren't even going for a price... <laughs> of their of age. Of their age. <laughs> <laughs> That's insulting. Like, fuck. <laughs> no, no wonder the Indoraptor killed everyone. He's not... He didn't want to eat. He is pissed at his price like that'd be like if somebody was auctioning me off and i went for 15 dollars like you know like, which, is, which is honestly high for if you were bidding on me but like, i would bid higher on you just to get those vhs's <laughs> good answer I'll take it. but yeah i did uh, i did like the death though i didn't okay let me explain it so when the bad guy who should be wearing dinosaur skinned boots comes and he's plucking the teeth out of all these dinosaurs, that's fucked up. Yeah. That was a good choice. characteristic. Yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah. And then when he's, I, I like that he's killed by the Endoraptor. I just didn't like how he's killed by the Endoraptor because the Endoraptor is tapping him like uh, Theodore Rex would do with his tail and then smiling almost at the camera then laying his head back down. Yeah. Tapping him again, smiling at the camera, then he kills him. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Wow, this was made for literally the five-year-old behind me because the five-year-old was laughing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what it was there for. That's hey, to sell toys right there. But that's the, that moment. The rest of the crowd, the, the older gentleman in front of me just goes, ugh. I could hear him out loud grunt at this. And I was rolling my eyes. This man was grunting. That's hilarious. Yeah. And while this five-year-old is just having the time of his life. Yeah, that totally was in there for the kids. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. This is where this the franchise is now, though. Yeah. They're selling to every demographic, and they're winning. Yeah. But overall, I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. I think we are. I think this series is one that's kind of weak with the sequels. So I still think this was the best sequel yet. But there is room wait, for improvement, guys. Wait, do you consider Jurassic World a sequel? Yeah. You think this is better than Jurassic World? The Absolutely. first? Absolutely. It's more fun. The oh. other one's just nostalgia porn, which is great. I love nostalgia porn. Do not get me wrong. But it's just nostalgia no, porn. I've... This one at least veers off and tries to do some different stuff with the mansion stuff. I think. See, so, I, I thought. Act 2 and 3 in this, parts of Act 2 and 3, were just as bad as uh, Act 3 in Lost World. 
which is Dino Rabbit paging through San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I can think about that from now on. Yeah, I mean it's it's if you're if you're gonna see this movie, you're gonna see it no matter what. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you care about useless opinion. <laughs> not so much useless opinion, but like if we're like, do we suggest this? Does anyone really care? Because they're gonna see it if they want to or not. Yeah. So maybe we'll end with are you excited for a third one? Yeah, I would say like also too, like you've made up your mind whether you're going to like this movie or not before you've even seen it, and it's not going to change your mind. (laughs) Yeah, I I tried to stay away from that because I actually had low expectations but was hoping with this director that we'd get something. And when you get the first scene at the beginning with the the T-Rex and the, I don't know, whatever the creature, sea creature for the dinosaurs is, I was like, oh, okay, we might have something here. That was, I like that. And then it just goes into Chris Pat building a log cabin in the woods. And I was like, come on, we get it. He's a man. (laughs) And that's all that you have for his story. He likes drinking beer and building his own house and living out of his trailer. And training raptors. And training raptors. It's like, Blue, come with me. Come with me. Don't run into the woods. And Blue's like, I ain't going to that cage, motherfucker. I am a dinosaur. (laughs) Oh, did you say for the after credits? Yeah, I didn't need to, though. Yeah, talk about useless. Pterodactyls landing in Las Vegas. Yeah. You mean to tell me we have the ability to clone dinosaurs, create a theme park, and, like, basically sell them and train them, but you're telling me 30-something dinosaurs are going to repopulate the dinosaur world and then they're going to take over humans? I hope so. (laughs) It'd be a better movie than anything we've gotten thus far. There's no fucking way. I hope so, though. I'll take the logic jump for a better story. <laughs> I'll agree with you on that. I would take a logic I don't want to see out. them in captivity and getting out again. You know, like, don't want to see that fucking story for the sixth time. Like, what, what if this turns into War of the Planet of the Apes? Like, that's what I wanted the, to do. Yeah, that's what you're saying with the dinosaur people. With like, They're just like, we can be friends. No, war! Woody Harrelson comes out of nowhere. That's what I want out of this movie. I need this franchise to turn into the Planet of the Apes So franchise. Blue is Caesar. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my god. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm kind of excited for that trash. Even though War of the, war, war of the Planet of the Apes was not trash. That was but excellent. Yeah, no, this would yeah. be the trashy version of it, and that's exactly what I want. Okay. All right, well, let's uh, move on to our museum. I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. If you're new to Analog Jones, this is a part of the episode where we put something in our museum, good or bad, we got to learn from it. We're just like Indy, going out there and finding the good stuff. Or sometimes bad. Yeah. Matt, do you know what you're putting in? Uh, yeah. I think, honestly, I'm going to put the sort of just a general Haunted Mansion tone that they've chosen for the third act of this movie to put in the museum. Way to do something different, finally, in this series. And even though it's not the smartest thing and it doesn't fully pay off, at least I was like, cool, we're doing something different. So I'm gonna give the tonal shift into a horror movie kind of put in the museum because if anything, sequels should learn that the thing that's gonna kill them most is repeating themselves. Do something different. So let's learn from this movie and at least 
it wasn't it wasn't the greatest thing, but at least that third act was watchable and entertaining because it was something different. I'm gonna put in the actual um, museum they had in the mansion. I was more interested in that because I wanted to know the past about Hammonds and his partner, and how you could clearly tell they were they became rich somehow, very enthusiastic. Even though I think Hammonds didn't he start off making flea circuses? Yeah. So whatever the flea circuses bought a museum in their mansion. Um, yeah, that's like maybe us one day recreating a video, video store, store mm-hmm. in our basement. <laughs> so are we? Are you gonna? Who are you gonna clone? Or am I Hammonds? Or are you Hammonds? Mm, I don't know who I am. I don't know who I am in this situation. I kind of think you're more Hammonds. Um, I've definitely got the problems of Hammond, <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I wish I had that man's problems. <laughs> he looks like Santa Claus, and he's rich as fuck. Yeah, I guess, yeah, it's a good problem to have. Let's move on to what we watched, and we're going to go on to a, boom, probably maybe something you saw, I don't know, Ocean's 8, which is connected to the Ocean's trilogy, Danny Ocean, I yeah. believe it was. Uh, so you saw it. I saw yes. it about two weeks ago. What would you think? Fine, but ultimately extraordinarily forgettable. Just kind of like a nothing. Like, I could have spent two hours worse. I could have spent it better. Whatever. Just like a whatever movie. Yeah, not only do I agree with you, but I went with three ladies. uh, Sarah, my girlfriend, and her two friends. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be very interesting to hear their female perspectives about it. And when they got out of the car, I go, what would you think? And they're like, meh. Yeah, I don't don't think this was like... This is not one... Where this one was made for, like Wonder Woman, like we liked it, but it was for them, you know. It was for the the ladies love that movie because it was such a smart made female but, empowerment, uh, but welcome to all type movie. Well, it was actually a movie that showcased female empowerment, but it was so good that everyone liked it exactly. mostly. And like this, and this one falls in the same category as Ghostbusters, I think, because Ghostbusters wasn't terrible either. It just was ultimately super forgettable. And that's what they're doing. Well, just Ghostbusters hoping... was hated, though, by some. Well, yeah, but... I this think... will be hated or loved by no one. Yeah, this... Uh, this I feel like this is actually... I feel like people that hated Ghostbusters hated it before they even watched it. Probably. Um, yeah. But, like, this is the same type of deal where it's just, like, instead of making it like a female empowerment thing and, you know, being embraced by all. It was like, well, let's just do the same movie kind of over again, but with like much lower stakes for some reason, like almost no stakes whatsoever. And then it's like everything kind of works out. And it's like, wow, there was no, there was no all is lost moment in this movie. There was no like, there was no real stakes from start to finish. And I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) And it was over. Yeah. And talk about the trailers basically giving away everything in that one, just like Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Like, was there, there was one secret at the end and I was like, I kind of saw that coming. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away like, if, if any of you watch it. But I, yeah, very forgettable. And one of the biggest complaints by the ladies were, how come the men got to rob a Las Vegas casino that's unbreakable into and all that? And we got to get jewelry. Yeah, of course. You know, well, it's because it's, I mean, honestly, it's probably because it's a, you know, female-led movie made by dudes again you know it's like they don't understand (laughs) what a girl's like jewelry okay we'll make this movie you know that's what happens when you have a movie 
with all these female leads made by like some 70 year old man you know <laughs> it's like that's what you're gonna get yeah <laughs> this was very forgettable i would give this about a five or six when we and everyone agreed they're all like c c yeah, c it was it was ultimately could have been a lot worse but it's just super forgettable do you think they started at eight because they were going to do another trilogy eight nine ten leading up to oh uh i didn't think about that because i don't want to see another one i feel like they were aiming Okay. And I feel like this whole new trilogy that they were doing, and this is not giving any spoilers away, is predicated on, like, is George Clooney really dead? Because early on in the movie, she's visiting the grave, and it's like, you better be really dead. And I'm like, is this just going to be a whole trilogy setting up the fact that he's still alive somewhere? It may be. I feel like that's what the idea was. But this one didn't, like, exactly break the bank or anything like that, so we may not see any more of these Oceans movies. How about we make female movies that are original created by females? Yeah. Can we get that? Is that not possible? I, I don't know. And it, like, uh, Wonder Woman was a female-led movie from a female director, and it was entertaining for everyone. Yes. Everyone. Yeah. Kids, adults, males, females, any, any like, credence that you believe in or whatever. Everybody liked that movie. It's not hard. It's, it's simple. Just make a movie for everybody, but you can have, you know, have it be told from a female perspective with a female lead. Not hard. Not hard, yeah. guys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that will end it. That will end our Jurassic June. I wish it was a little bit more exciting for me, but at least Matt liked the third act quite a bit. So there's there's some positive right there. Mm-hmm. I, liked, but, I liked, did I like all the movies we watched this June? Don't you? I mean, do you, what's what movie have you hated that we've done yet? Uh, Lady Hawk. Oh, that's true. That was bad. <laughs> that was a bad movie. Yeah, I don't know why everybody loves that movie. Yeah, we, we're apparently Barry the only Munchausen ones. Barry Munchausen wasn't big on either. Yeah, that's true. So there are some. There are some. Yeah, but yeah I think I liked all of June. Uh, Jurassic Three, this, Dinosaurs, Raptor Ranch was okay. Yeah, all of them were good. Yeah, Raptor Ranch was the most surprising by far. And, and next month, I think, when we go into these, is going to be your America Month. You want to introduce it real quick? Yeah, so um, it's going to be America Month because it is going to be the 4th of July. So, of course, we will kick that in with the VHS of Independence Day. ID4! Yes, uh, so we'll get into not only the movie, but the marketing and everything that had to do with it because it was probably one of the biggest movies of the 90s. So we had to kick it off with that. Uh, we're going to follow that up with a movie called American Nightmare. Uh, which is from 1983. I know there's a couple movies with that title. It's from 1983. It is a mystery suspense thriller. And then we are going to move on to our one new release of the month. We're going to do First Purge, Mm -hmm. which is just very, always timely, you know, always very American. Uh, I feel like that fit in sort of perfect with our month. And then we're going to close out the month with a Jack Ryan thriller, Clear and Present Danger which I have not seen in a very long time, and I always confuse with uh, Air Force One. I've not seen it in a very long time either. Uh, I'm about, as of this recording, about halfway through the movie. Um, it'll be a lot interesting one to talk about. And if you can't find American Nightmare on VHS, because I'm sure it's difficult, they do have a VHS rip of it on YouTube, so you can get ahead of that and watch it. Yeah, do it. I think actually uh, it'll be, it, you guys will like the movie. So I definitely recommend you guys checking it out. And B, I think it'll be really enriching if you listen to our discussion on it, if you've actually seen it. 
Oh, yeah. It and it's, it's short, too. It's like 85 minutes. Do it. Yeah, it's got a baby Michael Ironside in it and uh, a lot of nudity. Yeah, you you guys will like that. A lot, of fe- <laughs> a lot of female nudity, but I think we get a male butt. We get a few butts. Yeah. Get a few man butts. Mm-hmm. So definitely check that one out uh, before we get into it, because I'm sure a lot of you guys haven't seen it. I'm sure everybody's seen Independence Day. I'm sure a lot of you have seen Clear and Present Danger. Uh, I'm sure no one has seen American Nightmare, so check it out. Uh, it's going to be a good discussion for sure. That's our America Month, so I feel like that it's a little. We pulled from a little bit of everything for this month, and we'll see how that works out. All right, I'm excited. So come back next week for Independence Day, and remember to rate and review us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube. I don't know so many that you can listen to. I can't even remember all of them anymore. We appreciate all the rate and reviews thus far. Please keep it up. Keep telling people about us. We'll keep doing it. You keep talking about it. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. Later. Bye.